1: Welcome to the Omega Particle Podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Jonathan Wiegand. And boy, do we have a lot on the docket today. As we wrapped up our Picard Season 3 reviews, I'm gonna welcome a lot of you back. I know there wasn't a lot of Trek people that watched Picard, but if you are a big Star Trek fan, I highly recommend watching it. It's probably the best new trek, honestly, since first contact. That's what I'm thinking. A real quick side story. Something crazy happened to me, and I've been telling Luna about it, maybe some close friends. So late last night, I was uh, about to come back and record and get this episode out, and then I actually saw something in the sky, <laughs> and I never thought I would have that moment where I'm like looking up at the sky and seeing, is that is that a UFO? It was a long, like probably 50 or 60 bright white lights in the sky going in a single file and turns out they're not ufos they are starlink satellites so that elon musk is starlink i guess luna so i'm not the only one that's seen this but yeah my my wife isn't convinced that they were satellites they're like yeah that was totally aliens and the memes just go from there yeah, that was just so awkward. So if if any of you have seen those, please share. I might put a couple of the pictures I, I got out uh my phone really quickly and took a couple of photos and a video. So I might, I might post them on our social medias uh, over the weekend or today, just seeing how busy I am. But anyway, we are not here to talk about aliens. Well, in a sense, we're here to talk about probably and that's a terrible talk about the best transition in all of podcasting we're here to talk about probably the most important impactful and prolific episodes of star trek and i don't think it's a stretch at all to say that i don't even think it's a stretch to say it's some of the best in television um so we're going to be discussing an episode as you can probably tell by the podcast title you know that transcends you know the boundaries of science fiction And really delves into like some profound social commentary. And of course, those in in the know already know we're talking about the famous DS9 episode, Far Beyond the Stars. And a lot of people, especially recently, kind of I feel like have forgotten, you know, that Star Trek has always been, in a way, social commentary on things. Going back to the Vietnam War, race relations, you know, they've always held a mirror up to us. And that's a saying that we're going to be uh, repeating a lot today is, is how Star Trek really holds a mirror to us. And even from the very beginning, you know, if you, if you research and look, you know, the portrayal, you know, of race really stands out as a bold and visionary approach in the mid sixties with the casting that Gene Romberry did, you know, he presented a very diverse and inclusive future. And I mean, the franchise has really challenged and inspired audiences to vision a world you know where where race and ethnicity really don't have any more boundary on humanity no longer divide humanity and not only did it like showcase that it actively worked to break racial stereotypes so one of the most notable examples of that is character lieutenant yohura played by nichelle nicholas yohura was a skilled and respected officer and you know to. Div- defied a lot of the prevalent stereotypes about african-american women in the media at that time i mean her presence was competent an influential character you know and inspired many viewers you know like stacey abrams some astronauts to kind of pave the way for greater representation in future television shows but also greater representation in, you know politics and in the outside world also side note if you haven't heard the story about michelle Nichols and Martin Luther King go research that it's amazing I'm trying to keep this episode somewhat um, time sensitive so I would definitely highly recommend if you haven't heard that amazing story between the two of them I think Drunk History did it (laughs) Luna yeah I think Drunk History did it so go check that out but ever since, you know, I started the podcast, I really wanted to do a kind of review and breakdown of this episode, and I think now is the perfect time, you know, um, right after the Picard final, we had such great Star Trek, I think this is a, a beautiful way to follow it up, and now, I mean, I, I kind of wanted to go over a little bit, kind of the history and, and what has happened before in prior Star Treks, and even now, like, there's things like trill and gender diversity and stuff like that on the newer Star Trek. And so again, it's pushing that boundary and what makes people uncomfortable. And I think sci fi is uh okay when it does that. And I think it's best when it does that. But before I get into this episode, I do want to offer disclaimer of sorts and I have to kind of treat this subject matter and um you know the history that we're going to be talking about <laughs> with a lot of sensitivity and respect. Um, now I grew up in the poor white Appalachian Mountains in Kentucky And I mean, there's a lot of times like that hardship that we had, you know, growing up without food. But that was mainly because my dad didn't want to work. But that's another story. But um, or even having like clean clothes to wear, you know, that's kind of my background on where I come from and, and really what shaped my lens for the world. Now, I don't understand what it's like, you know, to have like race barriers or systematic issues against me. And we can argue all that. But that's not the podcast that we have here today. Today we're just going to be talking about the segments for this episode. Kind of want to lay some truth down and hopefully get this episode off right and give it everything it deserves because, you know, like I said, the best science fiction holds a mirror up to our real world and there's no other piece of sci-fi that does that better than this episode. So, all right, we got all the disclaimers and backstory and out of the way. So, Luna, let's light this candle. You know, the power of science fiction lies not only in its ability to transport us to fantastic worlds, but also it's a capacity to hold up a mirror, again, that's saying, to our own society and challenge our preconceptions and also illuminate pressing social issues that we may not be aware of. And one such masterpiece of storytelling that does that is this DS9 episode, Far Beyond the Stars. It aired during the show's sixth season, and Um, It really kind of transcends, you know, the traditional science fiction that we normally get, especially in Star Trek, and delves into profound exploration of racial inequality, human struggle for acceptance and recognition, something I think all of us can relate to, uh, struggling for acceptance and, you know, just the due representation and recognition. One of the most striking aspects of this episode is this unflinching portrayal of the deeply ingrained racism and prejudice that's permeated American society during the 1950s. And disclaimer, if you haven't watched this episode, stop what you're doing and go watch it. It's like I said, season six, Far Beyond Our Stars and DS9, it is amazing. So go watch it before I spoil it. So by depicting Benny Russell's uphill battle to have his story accepted and published, the episode exposes the barriers faced by African-Americans in pursuing their dreams and the oppressive limitations imposed by systematic racisms of the 1950s. It confronts the audience with a harsh reality of discrimination, forcing us to acknowledge that injustices still persist in our own time. So it's a really interesting backstory because at one point we have Cisco who's having a vision from the prophets and he's going back and and we'll get into that later, kind of the episode recap. But he's going back and forth from Commander Cisco, or I guess it would be Captain Cisco at this point, Captain Cisco, um, commander of uh, DS Nine, captain of the Defiant, and he flips back to Benny Russell in the 1950s where he's struggling. It's very apparent to have the two back and back to back to one of another, and that's kind of what makes the episode so great so you can finally see some of these barriers but at its core far beyond the stars underscores the transformative power of science fiction as a vehicle for social commentary like i said before some of the best star trek we've ever had has been on social commentary and it's presenting you know these complex social issues with the framework of a narrative you know that really compels viewers to kind of re-examine their own beliefs and biases it reminds us you know that science fiction is not mere escapism but a median which we can be used to explore the human condition challenge social norms and even envision a better future so the success of this episode is really owed to a lot of the brilliant exceptional performances of the cast avery brooks delivers a amazing tour de force portrayal of captain cisco and and benny russell and i mean his raw intensity and emotional range Makes Benny's struggle palpable, and his commanding presence as Cisco, you know, adds some depth to the character's introspection. And I mean, plus you have the amazing cast there, and you have Nana Vister, you have Armin Shimmerman and you know, they're they're without the the makeup and the costumes. You see them for who they are and and how they look in everyday life, and that was just really nice to see, you know, for the first time the whole cast without everything with their noses or their ears or, so it was really cool to see without all that makeup. And maybe that's another, uh, I don't know how English major you want to go deep dive into that, but maybe that's something too, but they've, I mean, delivered amazing performances and really um, enhanced the episodes, you know, emotional impact, but let's not forget the amazing Iris Stephen Burr, you know, the creative mind behind this episode deserves immense credit for his writing You know he was able to navigate these complex themes you know of racial injustice with a grace and sensitivity and his attention to detail as well you know recreating the 1950s new york also with like the dialogue and it just really immersed the audience so amazing hats off to him on that and it holds and stands the test of time to this day people still talk about i'm making a podcast about in 2023 (laughs) so it's really holds its own and has now become in the hall of fame of Star Trek episodes. So now that we kind of gave a kind of a brief introduction to the episode and kind of the impact of the episode, let's get into actually like a review and a recap of the episode. Far Beyond the Stars, I've had a dollar for every time I said that this this, episode, this week, you know, is a is a heartrending story, you know, of an African-American man whose dreams of publishing a story with a black lead are constantly squashed in this vision that Cisco has. He's Benny Russell, and his colleagues and his friends from Deep Space Nine transform into characters in Benny's life. Benny works at a place called Incredible Tales. It's a science fiction publication owned by the unseen Mr. Stone, um, which I don't know if that's a Section 31 reference or not, because, you know, Stone, but who knows. And um, it's edited by Douglas Paps, who's played by Brune Abrejonis, who plays Odo, so it's obvious from the very early moments of the episode that the world Benny inhabits is unequal. It's not just for him, and not for others as well. In our first introduction to the Incredible Tales, you know, editorial room, Julius Eaton, who's played by Alexander Sig, who is also Julian Bashir, is shocked to learn, you know, that his white colleague Herbert, who also is played by Armin Shimmerman, who is Quark, is earning four cents a word for his stories. So there's some pay discrepancy just because one guy is Sudan-born and the other guy is white. So there's some pay discrepancy there. However, later Paps mentions that, you know, magazine readers want to know what the writers look like and hence they'll be taking photos of them. But then he immediately turns to Nana Vister, who plays Kay Eden. And if you don't know Nana Vister, she plays uh, Kieran Norese. A lot of names and tells her, Hey, do you know you just stay home from the photo shoot? Kay's a female writer who writes under the ambiguous moniker KC Hunter, you know, to hide her identity in this episode. And do you know, fun fact that's a direct reference to one of the original Star Trek writers, DC Fontana, who had to do the exact same thing. So I think they did that on purpose to kind of show homage to her, but also kind of show how far the franchise has come. And obviously, you know, Kay is rightly incensed and super pissed, but then Benny asked if he should stay home as well. But a lot of people have said, and myself included, it's kind of interesting that Paps, you know, the editor, asks doesn't even make the request to Betty. It's almost as though Benny's absence and is a given, and he doesn't kind of deserve the same courtesy, and it, it's almost like, yeah, you're going to have to do that. You're just going to have to stay home. I don't even have to ask you because you already know. And he says the reason why is that he wants his readers to think of everybody as white. That we don't want our readers to think of you as a black man. We want them to think of you as a white man. So we're not going to change their mind by having you in the picture. There's a lot of on-the-nose moments in this episode, and that's obviously one of them. A running theme of this whole entire episode is Willie Hawkins, who's played by Michael Dorn, who plays Worf. He kind of goes into what's it like on the baseball diamond, you know, and he's kind of a professional baseball player. And he's clearly doing better for himself than Benny because, I mean, he's very sharp dressed. He has a lot of money. They make that apparent. But even though he's a renowned baseball player, Benny's girlfriend, Cassidy or Cassie or Cassidy. Gosh, they didn't really try with her name. uh, (laughs) Asked why Willie hasn't you know, moved uptown because he's got all this money. Willie explains, you know, I'll never be accepted in the city or treated like an equal, so I'm not going to move uptown because people don't treat him that well, and it's not nice. So, again, this is showing that the racism permeates every echelon of society, you know, as Willie's story demonstrates. So even if you're a star athlete, you know you still don't have it, and you still don't have the respect and admiration from his uh, people but also treated like an equal. And then, as Benny's case, who's kind of the struggling writer, he doesn't get it either it kind of goes against everybody and i I really feel like you know the the crap that benny has to face at work are only compounded by the political situation that goes around benny that we see so benny lives in a predominantly black neighborhood uptown and the residents are often plagued by police brutality and uh, discrimination by them and they even got the um Two cops in this sh- in this episode, Officer Malenki and Officer Ryan, are played by uh, Wei Yoon and Dukat. So, little crazy story about that. So they got the villains in the show to play the villains um, and the police officers. So they, again, very on the nose, and they accuse Benny of stealing a sketch that belongs to him, and even threaten to arrest him. And what Benny has sketched is DS9, is the space station. And so they threatened to arrest him, and you know there's just showing you know, the excessive policing, the threats, and the violence that come about by that. Far Beyond the Stars came out in 1999, and yet it still feels kind of like a reflection of today, to be honest. So those kind of evil villain um, playing cops become trigger happy and eventually shoot Benny's friend, Jimmy, who's played by Karak Lofton, who is played Jake Sisko. So a hustler, or you may say, or may not have been, he was breaking into the car, but instead of simply arresting Jimmy, cops just shoot him. And when Benny intervenes, they almost beat him to death. So again, it's this over policing, overly violent responses when it's not required. So again, this is in 1998, but it still permeates society today, uh, 25 years later. So Benny ends up cooperating at home for a few weeks after these like life, like almost life altering injuries and simply, you know, because he was interfering between these two cops and Jimmy. And it's really sad. So again, some of the best ways science fiction can hold up a mirror to our lives and kind of comment on social issues and social justice problems that we have in today's society. And that's exactly what this episode does. Benny's being underpaid, he's underappreciated, all simply due to the color of his skin. Um, he's dealing with police harassment, he's losing friends, almost his own life to police violence. But the theme of the episode isn't simply a showcase of racism. It's not just, hey, racism sucks and is bad. it's bad. Star Trek has always been about projecting hope into the future. And the episode is ultimately about a dream. And those dreams are eventually allowed to come true. As we mentioned before, Benny's a writer, and when he's struck with inspiration, he creates this sci-fi story about Deep Space Nine and the story set in the future with a black captain and um, about how, you know, he's in charge and that there's no racial inequality. There's no, it's all based on merit, not on skin color, not on prejudices. And his colleagues are enveloped, but, you know, his editor Paps is unmoved. He likes a story, but thinks it's believable, isn't really believable because the hero is African-American, but, uh, people from Mars are believable, but a black captain, I mean, the back then, if they had memes, you know, the, the memes would write themselves as an editor and the man who has to answer the higher ups, you know, Paps is very cautious. He's a gatekeeper, you know, curating what the audience will enjoy without giving them a choice of what they want. And paps believes that the ds9 story could be incendiary could turn violent in some ways the incredible tales team turns and comes together kind of to help benny out to suggest alternatives and they finally conclude that hey maybe benny should turn it into a dream and even paps is convinced by the change and promises to pay benny for the story it's like hey you just got to make it a dream don't make it real life and that doesn't work out. However, and in the end, um, the issue with Benny's story is quote-unquote pulped by Mr. Stone, and Benny is fired. So for 15 years, that's how long he's worked in Incredible Tales. He's been trying to get his big break in writing, and just when he thinks he's made it, you know, he's made a difference, the powers to, to be, you know, destroy his dreams. And interestingly enough, Albert Macklin, who plays Cal Meeny, who also plays Chief O'Brien, sells his book to the publisher, while Benny's recovering from his injuries, even those, you know, his stories haven't been as resoundingly well received as Benny's. But news of kind of this firing is kind of shocking to the editorial team and Benny's finally open to speak his mind and he gives an impassioned speech. I mean, it's such raw emotion and pain by Avery Brooks. I mean, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And we'll play a little bit of that at the end of the episode. We have a surprise, so we will play a little bit of that at the end. And I mean, he's a human being who wants an equal chance to tell the story, to share an idea, to dream. And he pleads with Paps and pleads to Mr. Stone and the viewer to kind of see a future where black people are leading characters in the story, where they can, you know, simply just exist and participate. You know, watching this episode now um, feels particularly important in today's current, you know, discourse surrounding all of these Janya properties. You know, we, we have a lot of people in media that are changing colors or adding black actors playing elves in <laughs> the ring of power or the or the little Mermaids like now black. I'm like, who cares? You know, I, I don't I've never bothered me. I feel like an episode like this demonstrates how dehumanizing it can be for entire communities to be erased for entertainment, to not have any representation. And so I've never really had to experience that. I've always, I mean, white people are everywhere, so in media, so I've never really had to experience that, but I can definitely feel how that would not be encouraging or like uplifting. And so of all the characters in the 1950s timeline, Jimmy, again, who plays by uh, Jake Sisko is super cynical. He constantly mocks Benny's science fiction writing because he doesn't ever believe that we'll, be a future where you know African Americans will be on the moon he's just kind of like just speaking what he thinks and despite being a young man Jimmy can't imagine such a world because he has no context to dream big uh, he doesn't have stories and entertainment that show him you know he belongs in space too and that's the fight you know that Benny and is constantly fighting for and and all creators are constantly fighting for is showing that you know, hey, we belong here, too. And Benny's colleagues, you know, obviously are supportive of him. And Herbert goes out of his way to antagonize Paps for towing the company line. But all, you know, all that kind of support it comes to not if the decision makers are, you know, super bigoted. And Benny dared to dream and he was punished for it. But his struggles teach Cisco a valuable lesson to persevere in his dreams. And so outside of this dream and vision that Cisco's having, he's thinking about just quitting Starfleet because um, the Dominion War is taking a toll on him. And, yeah, he's just getting tired of it. And so he's he's given this vision to be like, hey, you know, you need to persevere. And this isn't the only time the DS9 has kind of confronted these past racism and and issues like that and injustices and it's definitely in the later seasons when um vix comes into the hollow world and they constantly go to vix and you know it's a party and it's a casino in the 1950s and cisco is the last one the last holdout he never wants to go and he eventually tells cassidy in a in a riveting speech he's like you know that's not real life that didn't happen this if this was the real 1950s 1960s we wouldn't be allowed in there and he's like i don't want to pretend like it didn't happen and for me to enjoy it is a betrayal of that and so i won't spoil any more of ds9 for you but that's again that's just how great ds9 and star trek is again of holding the mirror up and social commentary and like i said far beyond the stars is kind of the voice in the wilderness it is the precursor to kind of uh, future star trek because they've definitely taking on game changing ideas with uh discovery and these other new trek shows you know that have um more people of color more lgbtq plus on the community so they're definitely getting their um, visibility there and whether it be on screen or behind the scenes so they're definitely pushing that boundary again and it, I, I don't see why that should make anyone feel uncomfortable personally let people do what they want to do and who cares as long as it's not hurting anybody why does it matter that's not this podcast (laughs) Luna's looking at me with a raised eyebrow this is what we do no but um you know just at a time you know when we have like I mentioned before the issues with New Trek and people having problems with it or Lord of the Rings or The Little Mermaid you know it's I feel like they're being attacked for having a representative cast I think Far Beyond the Stars is a powerful reminder you know that It doesn't really matter you know what genre types have always been it's okay to change things around a little bit you just can't destroy an idea and I love that uh, line from Benny Russell's speech is that no matter what happens you can't destroy an idea you can't destroy what's in his mind and that's amazing so that has been our episode recap and thank you going along for the journey Um, I know it's been a little bit uh, unusual territory. We don't normally talk about social commentary or issues like this on the show. But I thought it was important to shine light on and and discuss. And this is one of the best episodes, if not the best episode, in Star Trek and all of sci-fi to do that. Now, like I mentioned before, we do have a little bit of a surprise. So I found this old, old interview from 1998. And it's a three-minute, like, quick snippet of an interview with Avery Brooks, you know, talking about the episode because he directed the episode too. I don't know anything about copyright laws or anything like this. So this gets flagged on YouTube or somewhere. <laughs> that's why in the future if you don't hear it, but hopefully not. I'm an accountant. I'm not yeah, a media lawyer, but whatever. And I really like it, this clip, because there's parts of it that are like have snippets of the episode, you hear some of Cisco's speech. So I really want to include that. So without further ado, here's Avery Brooks on his directed episode, Far Beyond the Stars. It's
0: about my story, isn't it? That's what this is all about. He didn't want to publish my story. And we all know why. Because my hero is a colored man. You know somebody talking about brown people being alive in the future. It was very interesting The Star Trek Happens to be one of the first uh, shows that we know on television or otherwise that projected a notion that somebody other than white people would be alive. It's a damn fine piece of writing is what it is. And Deep Space Nine is a very intriguing title. What we do is explore the reality of 1953. Things are going to change. They have to. Part of that is, well, we're inextricably connected to racism and prejudice in our world. We must work harder at it to eradicate it but it's there. Every time I achieve a real victory, something like this happens and everything seems to turn to ashes. Now we're back in the world where we live and breathe. The fact of the matter is, because we go into another period, well, you get a chance to see virtually everyone with no makeup on. Kira without her nose, Dax without the spots. You'd see Armin as Armin. So you get a chance to see what they do. What's wrong with that? Sisko, you know, as a character named Benny Russell. And you see him in 1953 as someone else. He finds himself in this other person's mind. Surprised? When you think about sci-fi and the advent of sci-fi when it becomes mainstream, that's circa 1953 when all this stuff really jumped. The notion is that, you know, he's a writer and he wants people to deal with what, how he sees the world. And indeed, the world is not particularly ready, you know, to see in the mainstream of it. Sorry, Benny, I wish things were different, but they're not. Wishing wish you never changed a damn thing. In a way, it is the affirmation and a renewal of faith that there is a way to elevate the conversation, even in television. There is a way to tell the truth no matter what the circumstance is, no matter what the constraints are. But you cannot deny Ben Siskel exists. That future, that space station, all those people, they exist in here, in my mind. I created it. I hope there's something liberating about it, if anything, that we investigate people's lives. And we see that, you know, in this case, Benny Russell decided no matter what you say, you can't do anything, you know, with what's in my mind and what's in my heart. And that sooner or later, the people will rise, the thought will rise. What are you going to do? The only thing I can do, stay here and finish the job I started. But the people watching it complete the thought. And that's the beauty. What they carry away will be the thing that lives in the world. Watch it till the end. For all we know, at this very moment, somewhere far beyond all those distant stars, Benny Russell is dreaming of us.
1: Well, I don't think I can say anything else that could top that. So we are wrapping up. Review and breakdown of this uh, famous, famous uh, Star Trek episode, Far Beyond the Stars. And thank you so much for listening. All right, Luna, let's light this candle. Gosh, I'm so happy to finally like cover this episode and, and do a deep dive. And, you know, I really... Um, got a lot of the out of the prep and the writing of the script and you know watching the episode a few times and kind of breaking down this fantastic piece of sci-fi and again I don't mean to offend anybody or or upset anybody I don't think uh, Star Trek is the venue to do that in and I try to keep my political and everything kind of hush-hush because that you don't try to come here to to deal with that but sometimes some of the best sci-fi we have is on social commentary and I could not help but uh, cover this episode and and deep dive into it. But again, thank you all so much for listening. And please remember to check out my buddy Jason's blog, www.jasontalksmovies.wordpress.com. And the link's in the episode description. Um, also, feel free to reach out on social media. Uh, I mean, we're always on there. We can debate Picard. We can talk about this episode. Let me know what you think about my Starlink satellite alien photos. <laughs> um, but I just yeah, love hearing from you guys and it makes my day when I do. But anyway, until next time, second star to the right, straight on till morning.